on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Move over, Miss Cleo. You don't need a crystal ball to see Shopify's predictions for the future of commerce. Surprise! Scroogle has a stocking stuffer for all you webmasters out there. Spoiler, it's coal. Taylor Swift and Weird Al inspire YouTube to live redirect to YouTube Premieres 2.0 with four new hype-worthy features. Greg cartoonizes the Marketing O'Clock hosts, but we can't forgive him for what he did to America's sweetheart, Glenn Gabe. Shep lets everyone know where she can get you in a car today. 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 We get credit card advice from our new financial advisor, King Zippy, on this week's edition of Stonks with Shop. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Greg Finn. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on December 11th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Mark is in the house today. In studio for the first time. How are you, Mark? Well, not first time, but it's <laughs> it's the third time. So like third time's the charm. So this could be like a really magical day. Yeah, well, you I were... guess it's first time in our new studio. Yeah. I guess you are right. But in our is... plexiglass studio. Does it feel like jail to you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because it's like I feel very free. I don't think jail could be this freeing. Okay. Um, it's, it's such a wonderful experience to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you. What is going on in your world? Mm -hmm. So the one thing I really do like about winter and it getting colder out is that I can break out my collection of faux fur coats. And I'm known for them. It started with one I inherited from my grandfather. But this year, I made a great discovery. Best purchase I ever made was a fur hoodie. Ooh. I love it. It's like the most... So it's faux fur on the outside okay. hoodie, and it's like kind of like fleece-ish on the inside. I love it. It is so comfortable, like great investment. I would like the fur on the inside, but it sounds nice. I think you would get like sweaty. Like I feel like you'd get like really gross. Like you can't have fur on the inside of things. I would just time. wear it in my cold house. <laughs> it sounds warm. You wouldn't need to use the furnace as much. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just I'm just filling That's in amazing. for Jesse. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Mark. <laughs> Thank What's you so going much. on with you, Greg? Not too much for me. This weekend was a big weekend because I dread it. It used to be something really fun for me. We make these crazy Christmas cards and send them out to people. And then it became like a huge production. And the family was at odds trying to get people to do these things. And then I again, these cards are they're kind of like out there. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to Have you sm- ever seen one? Oh yeah, I got one last okay. year. I just want to bring a smile to people's Greg faces. will like Photoshop like different hairstyles on his kids. I don't photo I they're actually shoot it. So I like, I painted my daughter's okay. Edward scissor hands, taped scissors mm-hmm. to her hands, and the cat or hug a dog. And everyone in my family calls up and it's like, what is this? <laughs> so this one's more recognizable, but I got it done. It's still a little bit funny. It's not the best one, but it's all done, so I'm like feeling good. Are we gonna mm-hmm. put it in the stream? Uh, yeah, sneak peek, sneak preview. Okay, you can do that if you want. Well, don't tease us and say it's done and then give us well, just no details. Give me your address and I'll uh, okay. send you one. Well, that? I can't <laughs> wait to see it. Yeah, last year was Edward Scissorhands and it said wishing you sheer joy, right? Sheer joy. That was two years two ago. Two years last ago because I didn't get that one. White Christmas, right? The one where yes. I just look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that one But in that was YouTube. Photoshop. 
No, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg has the best Christmas cards. Um, something you're not the best at, or any of us really, is I guess like modern music. No. Because <laughs> we did the Spotify rap quiz and shooting the heck last week at the end of the show. And the number one streamed artist was Mr. Bad Bunny, and none of us have heard of him. <laughs> Oh, I have. I know, we did it last week. <laughs> but I wasn't here, was I? Because we all live under a rock, but luckily we got some really important information from Nick Anderson, a.k.a. at Taylor Blart on Twitter. He said, since y'all don't know who Bad Bunny is, Bad Bunny is the first all-Spanish-language album to reach number one in the 64-year history of the Billboard 200 chart. And we just have no idea who he is because we're... Losers, I guess. No, but thank you, Nick. I listened to the music and I was like, you know what? If I were a hip person, I might listen to this. If I was like with the times, it was good. Good. So thank you so much, Nick, for that grievance. And if you have a grievance to air or spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, don't forget our phone lines are open. Visit call.marketingoclock.com and leave us a voicemail. We just might play it on next week's show. And remember, folks, if you want more Marketing Clock, we will be live at the SEJE Summit January 12th and January 13th, 210 on the main stage. It's Marketing Clock Live, the biggest digital ad shakeups in 2020, and how to set yourself up for success in 2021. And I'm hosting a panel. Mark, you're hosting Yay. a panel. Uh, we have a couple Q&A, so we'll be throughout. We'll have a little dash of Marketing Clock throughout the entire E-Summit. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, Shep, you will not be there, as this is your last yes show of the year this is my last show before i have my baby it's been fun but uh, it's been real <laughs> rumor is you'll be around for the clock yeah i heard i might you know make a little appearance for the clockers mm -hmm. and one more little piece of housekeeping here if you're looking for a great stocking stuffer check out our book um i wrote a book with our agency cypress north it is called the ultimate google ads playbook it is great for anyone who is new to google ads or looking to optimize their account Great for deep brainwashing after you take your skill shop certification. So yes. check it out on Amazon. It is a paperback and an ebook. Comes with a bunch of free downloads, and you can stay current by um, signing up if you're a book purchaser. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks beautiful. It could just be a nice <laughs> coffee table book for your, your home or your office. We had some problems with the cover, <laughs> but we got it past and we can now promote it. So definitely check it out or see it in the show notes at marketingclock.com. Today's episode of Marketing and Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer program in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. And it's pretty easy, people. When everybody is zigging, you zag. And your digital marketer listening to all about the ads, organic, Social, this is influencer marketing made simple. Head on over to get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ to get started. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more. You will be blown away by the software that is Upfluence and how easy it makes your influencer marketing. What's happening in the news this week? Folks, do you know what we have? Just in time for the holiday season, a new Google Core algorithm update. And by the way, this came out Thursday. The first day we recorded Wednesday is when this happened last week. We're now recording Wednesdays and we missed this big update. But it's good because we can do we can sit back now and look at, at the results. Yes. Or at least what results we have. So the new update name is wait for it. <laughs> The December 2020 core update. Inspired. Inspired choice. <laughs> but I think we can do better than that. And we saw a bunch of names out there. And here at Marketing on the Clock, we're going to be using one of the following. I came up with COVID update because this is really a big piece of coal to be dropped on anybody, <laughs> any webmaster, especially retailers on December 3rd. Um, Shep, you had come up with the ho, ho, oh, no Update. Yeah, that's like a kind of a personalized one because everyone mm -hmm. knows I have a little soundbite where I'm saying, oh, no. Yes, the best soundbite ever. Um, at Logo Design NYC on Twitter reached out to us and said, how the Google stole Christmas. That's a good one. I thought that was a good one. What, what say you? What's the best one? What do you think? Well, I have another um, submission, actually. Okay. I think maybe it should be called the Scroogeal update, like Ooh. Ebenezer Scroogeal core update. Ooh. 
It might be a bit of a stretch, but I just I'm just. I mean, put it I out like there. the energy. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of parallels you can draw in between Google and Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, Both of them their money. are stealing money from the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fantastic, but I I might have to go with how the Google stole Christmas. That was a good one. I'm going with Colvin. <laughs> because this is a big chunk of coal they dropped on people. Uh, and many people will benefit. We have clients that are doing much better. We have some people that saw a little bit of a decline so far, and it's not fully rolled out if you listen to this on Friday. But the details uh, come from Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal. And... This was announced by Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison Twitter handle. Nothing major, just linking over to the general core updates where you can get more information from our BFI for the show 2019, Glenn Gabe. But he followed up saying, the December 2020 core update is now rolling out live. As is typical with these updates, it will typically take about one to two weeks to fully roll out. And that is from Danny the on his search liaison account. So one to two weeks rollout, we webmasters have seen a flurry of activity. There's already lots of, of movement going around. So if you want to hear or see who actually are some of the winners and losers, Path Interactive at Lily Ray, Lily Ray over there has 1,000 plus winners and losers. Some of the categories saw a large change were accounting and taxes, relocation and moving, finance, video games, groceries, like all sort of... Mm-hmm. COVID-related items. Some of the losing categories, art and entertainment, natural and alternative medicine, which maybe that's good at this time. <laughs> Addictions, news and media, science and education, which mm-hmm. we need a little more of that. I think it was a big missed opportunity not to call that the naughty and nice list of Ooh. this update. Yes, I agree. But the biggest loser from a domain status when you're looking at this from a visibility index loss was Amazon and Pinterest. Those two saw a drop of 56% to 56.7% to 56.6% basically. But those two took a beating so far in this update. Does anybody know what the property that saw the biggest increase was? According to oh, Path Interactive. I know, so I don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> you already told me. YouTube! Yeah, you spoiled it earlier. It's YouTube! <laughs> You're well, not sorry. supposed to tell people what their Christmas <laughs> presents are before they open them. This is what I do on my client calls. So I just sit here and rant. I'm like, this is just me. So I'm sorry I ranted and ruined that for you. But YouTube, according to Path Interactive, was the biggest winner of that update. And then, according to Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, he asked John Mueller of Google about the timing of this release is typically right before the holidays there aren't any major major updates and this does seem to be a very major update the biggest update this year bigger than the may update and john mueller said i don't know from my side it feels like a reasonable time like but it's like not not really in the holiday season and kind of after the whole thanksgiving rush so it felt like I didn't, at least from my point of view, it wasn't something I would have flagged and said, oh, you need to watch out for this. How is December 3rd not the holiday season? I'm sorry. It's Thanksgiving to the new year is the holiday Mm -hmm. season. Right. The 3rd? I could get it if you're like, hey, it's the 24th. Shipping isn't going to get there. It's December 3rd. I would just like to say Google doesn't care about you. (laughs) They don't. But anyway, what's the final verdict? We need a vote. About the name? Yes. Oh, I'll go. I'll go. Scroogeal. How about that? So we're all voting for different ones. No. Now we have two. <laughs> Should we just ask and... the listeners? Yeah, we'll ask the. Li- we'll take. We'll okay. do a poll, a okay. listener poll, with those four options, and then that's what we'll refer to it from here on out. All right, Shep. What do you have in the news? And next up this week, Shopify released their Future of Commerce report. I would like to apologize to Katie, who edits our episodes in advance, because I'm probably about to say Spotify instead of Shopify about 10 times as I read the story. I do that every time. I mix them up. Retweet. Anyway, they have five big takeaways here, and most of them are really what you'd expect. So number one, young consumers will change the commerce landscape. And then they have one slide in here because these are all broken down into different points that says younger consumers are are also more likely to shop via social media and make decisions based on their impact on society, meaning independent retailers and green products. Like those are two very different points. 
shopping on social media or shopping independent. But it, it sounds like <laughs> they didn't even do any research on that. They just like took what Assumed. everyone always says on young consumers and like, let's just put this all in one slide. Yeah, they just <laughs> threw it out there. Avocado toast. <laughs> Seriously. Matcha. <laughs> so whatever, take that. Um, they also said, surprise, surprise, physical retail, as we know it, will transform. Contactless payment, shopping appointments, and alternative pickup will all continue to increase. Um, and then they have a little slide in here that says, on average, from May to August 2020, when choosing local pickup or delivery online, shoppers spent 23% more and had a 25% higher cart size. That is me. Like when I'm shopping online, I'm buying so many more things. And I feel like everyone else says a different report. But like Greg's kids bought me a very nice gift card for my bebe. And I immediately logged on to Amazon and I was like, I'm going to get this cool air vaporizer. I'm going to get these new candles. Like just because I was online and not in the store walking to all the aisles, I buy so much more. Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty, no, it's actually a good idea. Babies love candles. fire and babies are great (laughs) no the one the one thing i'm always dubious about with these specific just surveys is what is in it for you right this is totally shopify of course you're going to say physical has changed and it's probably like you need I, i bet somewhere in there it's like you need a modern pos right and it's like oh guess what i wonder who now has their Shopify POS. Yeah. And I saw that too. This week, there was a big Twitter thread that got all these retweets. And it's like, that future of remote work. And it's like, remote work is so the best. <laughs> People hate each other. Remote's better. <laughs> you, know, you can't punch somebody. It's like all this stuff and why remote work is, uh, a good, where it's going to go and why it's good. And that person sells a remote app. It's like a, a productivity app for remoters. And so, again, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the next three points all really go along with that. So they say consumers want to shop independent because it's Shopify. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, people like like fast shipping from Amazon. (laughs) Um, Then four was like a repeat of three, but worded a little differently. And then five was modern financial institutions will disrupt business in consumer banking, finance and lending. I it's love Shopify. when people disrupt things and <laughs> <laughs> just throw that word around. Yeah. So everything that you think is happening to commerce is. That's the story. I learned so much from that. <laughs> What's next, Mark? <laughs> Thanks, Shopify. Well, I hope everyone's real hyped for this next little bit of news from Matt Southern at Search Engine Journal because YouTube now has more ways to build hype for a new video. I love hype. <laughs> are you? Are, are, is everyone hyped? Yeah. <laughs> Consider me Flava Flav over here. Flava Flav, <laughs> one of our favorite YouTube tools. Oh my god, <laughs> it was great. YouTube Premieres is launching four new features in what they're calling Premieres 2.0. If you're unfamiliar, Premieres allows creators to turn their new videos into a shared viewing experience. Basically, you can publish videos at a scheduled time and generate RSVPs leading up to the published date. We've been using this for all of our marketing talks. If you guys have been keeping up with those, I hope you have because they're awesome. And one about web stories, one about LinkedIn ads, which I was on, and one about all of these awful Google ad search <laughs> updates. So yes. <laughs> but anyway, it's really helped us build a lot of buzz around these um, special one-off episodes. And I think it's a really cool feature, and I'm glad that they're adding new features to it. So the four new features that publishers are going to have is first, the most simple one, um, You can now schedule your premieres on mobile, which previously you could only do that on desktop. So you can download that handy YouTube mobile app, upload and schedule your videos that way. Next, this is what I think is the coolest feature that they're introducing is premiere trailers. Yes. So right now, if you go to like one of our marketing and talk premieres, if you've seen those, it was just like the thumbnail of the video, just a static image. And now you can have 15 to three minute trailers like on your premiere watch page, which I think like, why didn't we have that to begin yeah. with? Like, that's awesome. So that way, like someone goes to the premiere page, they actually have content there and not just our faces staring at you. <laughs> I love it. 
And the cool thing is these trailers will not have ads on them. Um, but to have the trailer, it must be uploaded to your channel as a public video. And this is actually coming out um, this week. That is shocking that there's no ads. How long is that going to last? <laughs> <laughs> there's like, it was like unclear in the article about like ways like your trailer like will and won't have ads. But like the default is it won't. Like, okay. We'll see. <laughs> Just wait for Scroogeal to come in. <laughs> Next, they're adding expanded countdown themes. So if you're not aware, there's currently just like one standard countdown for premieres. But with premieres 2.0, there's going to be 10 options that span a variety of content vertical and moods that can range from one to 10 minutes. I was like, what do you mean verticals and moods? Apparently there's like a scary one and like a dramatic one. I'm like, I'm kind of excited to see what those are. Um, Those won't come out until 2021. Um, which is sad because I'm like, oh, it'd be cool if we could have a scary countdown on premieres until 2021 gets here because I I think we're all ready for that. Yeah. Except, I mean, it might be just as scary in 2021. We don't know yet. Oh, it definitely will be just as scary, <laughs> but like, it's good to like tell yourself that it's not going to yeah. be. We need something to look forward Love to. Love the optimism. And last up, um, we have live redirect. And this allows you to create like a multi-part, multi-video show experience by connecting a live stream to your upcoming premiere. So before your premiere, um, you could have like an interview, a Q&A, and then redirect all of your viewers to the premiere afterwards. It was Taylor Swift's idea. Because she did one on Instagram Live. Every answer you have is Taylor Swift. No, it was. She did it before the um, Cardigan video premiere. Oh my gosh, were you screaming about this earlier in the week? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was her idea. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I guess thank you, Taylor Swift, for this. Um, and just the kind of the one caveat, this is only supported with one channel, um, and it's rolling out this month. So, like, if Taylor Swift and um, – who does music with Taylor Bad Swift? Bad Bunny. Bad, yeah, so was Taylor Swift and Bad Bunny were doing a collab. Like, Taylor Swift could not redirect to Bad Bunny's YouTube channel. She can only redirect to her own YouTube channel. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell it's sad her. that the, the only things I could think of were Bad Bunny and Weird Al Yankovic. Can you imagine I, him? Oh my gosh, so Taylor? imagine, like, Taylor Swift drops a new song and, like, she does it live, <laughs> and then there is a premiere ready of Weird Al has already parodied, parodied it. <laughs> There we go. That would be, she would do that. She's cool. Mm -hmm, But we can't do it with this feature. So YouTube needs to fix that. (laughs) And on that note, I think I'm going to do a live redirect over to Greg for our (laughs) next news story. Thank you, Mark. All right. So now a little story time with Greg. I'm going to read the opening from an article from Neiman Lab. On some recent business day, the New York Times sold an ad to a company. I can't tell you the name of the company or the terms of the deal, but it was for the most high-profile slot the Times offers, a big interactive striped across the top of its homepage, so the dollar figure was likely meaningful. On Wednesday, an interested Times reader decided to visit the NewYorkTimes.com homepage. Advertiser plus publisher plus audience is the age-old equation of an ad-supported media. It seemed like all of its elements were coming together. But then, a company worth $1.23 trillion said no. And this is a fantastic article, again, over on Neiman Lab. And Google Chrome has started to block ads that are resource-intensive. They had talked about this coming out before. And it is now live happening on some of the biggest sites out there, and being New York Times. And I think that this is absolutely criminal. What is resource intensive? It's probably some sort of ad that is maybe interactive or oh. might have a different. Mm-hmm. You know, in all honesty, it's probably sold by a different network. Because it's it, Google. I mean, Google has to have Scroogeal. Google has to have things in a, in a specific format. And so, I mean, some of the ads do, are bigger, larger, and do take up more loading time and resources. But also, like, hey, Chrome is the biggest resource hog I've ever seen. I don't use Chrome anymore because of it. And the fact that they're saying that 
this ad as a resource is taking up too many and they just make it blank is absolutely insane. And for all the antitrust stuff going around out here, telling people that they can't run other ad networks because of the size of the ad, that is up there. That should be at the top of the docket to say that my browser doesn't allow your ad network ad. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone at Google probably tried to point it out, but they couldn't use that word. So they, it was kind <laughs> of lost in translation. <laughs> so if you want to see more of this, you can head on over to marketingclock.com. We're also going to put a link back to our show notes in our show notes. The actual, we can't, somebody had asked us on Facebook to ha- where all the actual links are. We can't put every link in the actual podcast notes. So we'll just direct you right back to Marketing Clock so you can see that if you want. But there's really nothing to see because the ad has been yeah. stripped out. Hashtag mm-hmm. criminal. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Marie Haynes by way of Matt Cuts at Marie underscore Haynes on Twitter and at Matt Cuts on Twitter, who used to be the Google guy on the forums and then was a spokesperson at Google. And Matt Cuts from... December 18th, 2013, got quote tweeted by Marie Haynes. And Matt Cutts' tweet back from 2013 said, actually, we try to minimize major updates right before the holidays. And Marie says, quote tweet, this didn't age well. Marie has the receipts. Yeah. (laughs) She is our true crime investigator on everything Google. And I remember at the beginning of um, one of the episodes of the search off the record or on the record or whatever Greg calls it podcast, they were talking about how they try to avoid doing things before the holidays then. And that was like October, maybe November. And if there's one holiday to avoid in all this, it might be the one when (laughs) retailers across the country are like hanging on for dear life in the midst of a global pandemic. And you're going to get people to look and see how this has impacted everybody when they're worried about keeping their doors open, it's just, <laughs> it. This is, this is not the time and out of the past seven years when there haven't been a holiday update, to pick now is, again, the optic, Google doesn't care about optics. Mm-hmm. But they won't push an update on Flag Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it must have been. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from Brett Westerman at Brett Westerman on Twitter. He has this tweet about Google honoring location and day and hour bid adjustments. He's making a good point. But I think the real I see why am I here is that this documentation exists. Google updated their bid adjustment page. Like this was not like this a couple months ago when I was writing my book, Great Stocking Stuff or Ultimate Guide to Google Ads. (laughs) There are two amazing charts on here that go through every single bid adjustment type and tell you if a, ne- a negative 100% adjustment is possible. And then like every single type of bid adjustment and yes or no, whether it's compatible with smart bidding. Right. Basically, are they going to honor that? Yeah. And like this is something that we talk all the time. We'll set up a new campaign. We'll be testing smart bidding. And it's like, is this going to work? And we have to like jump through hoops to get this information every time. Here it all is. And this is awesome. They also later on in on this um help article page they have really specific documentation about how they layer multiple bid adjustments in a single campaign everyone needs to bookmark this page like this was new to me and it's awesome and i didn't know that they updated this yeah, so thank think, you brett i don't think a lot of people know that if you are using maximized clicks they will honor your location adjustments but not if you're using maximized conversion value right like it's really specific there's, yeah there, there's many things and then you know what else would be nice Google's really good at giving notifications in Google Ads, oh. mainly for moving my optimization score higher. But it'd be nice if they put this through and be like, hey, this isn't going to be honored because you're using maximized conversion value. Yeah. Well, they, they're doing the opposite. Like Julia Baccini was just tweeting yes. the other day about how like when she changes a campaign back to manual CPC or eCPC, she gets like four like, are you sure notifications it's- trying to stop her? And it's like... Where are those are you sure notifications when you're going the opposite way? That's going to be like, just so you know, your location bids are no longer going to apply. And it's like, 
really? Like you have all the UI built out. You just don't want to do this because you don't want people to know what control they're using. Losing. I'm mad at them, but I like this page that they're at least telling us. Bookmark it. Early Christmas gift. Thanks, Brett. (laughs) Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Speaks Lightning Round is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence's all-in-one influencer marketing platform helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Shop, why do you love Upfluence? So Upfluence is really the bomb, and I love that they are always surprising and delighting us with updates to the platform. So just this week, I logged in and was notified that they have a new influencer recommendations tab. So we've told you how to use the search functionality and filters to build your list of influencers that you want to get in contact with for your influencer marketing campaigns. But now once you have a list with at least five influencers on it, the system will proactively analyze their profiles and recommend similar influencers who fit into your list. So you don't have to go in every day to see if new people are added and search for people. They'll do it proactively, which, you know, Upfluence is just the gift that keeps on giving. We love to see it. Start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get com slash SEJ to learn more. And first up in the paid universe this week, Nava Hopkins tweeted, hey, Google Ads, Maximize Conversions is supposed to drive more conversions, not less. That moment when Google spends 198.63% more to drive 37.5 fewer conversions with Maximize Conversions. The bidding strategy is officially dead to me. Broken heart. Hashtag PPC chat. And this is really sad. The CP is the CPC is up 285% for mobile. And it just goes to show like these automated bid strategies, you can't just set them up. If they're working, they might not work forever and you need to keep a really close eye on it. It's terrifying. And next up, Google announced some updates to lead form extensions this week. No, no. Sir Steven announced these. Well, I know. He announced some of them a long okay. time ago because they have, I'm not even reporting on the stuff that he shared forever ago. Thank because you. Everyone, Out of respect to, to, yeah. to Stephen Johns 21. Everyone needs to follow Sir Stephen Johns because part of this announcement was if you um, are running lead form extensions, there's like really robust and industry specific questions you can ask now but we've known that since the summer because we follow at stephen johns 21 but there were two parts of this announcement that were new to me so the first is that lead form extensions are now shareable across search youtube and discovery campaigns you can make one and share it across all those campaign types and they also announced that they've partnered with zapier to help you easily collect easily connect lead form extensions to your crm and get notifications when you receive a lead. That's great. I'll get excited about lead form extensions when they make them usable on desktop. Oh, yes, 100%. (laughs) And also that Zapier thing also isn't new. I did that when they were in beta. Yeah, It wasn't super easy to set up, but it already had support. So like, I don't know what this news is. I think it's that it's like easier to set up now and they're like saying they're being friendly about it. But Mm -hmm. bottom line, you can't use them on desktop and they're all like B2B categories. I think the real news 100%. is you, you already got the news if you listen to the show. <laughs> exactly. And next up, Twitter now allows advertisers to set frequency caps to limit how many times users are shown your ad within a given time frame. This functionality is compatible with all campaign types on Twitter. Love to see it. Welcome to like whatever year frequency caps were invented. It's 2020. <laughs> I think we need frequency caps for the football app. What do you mean? Oh. It's terrible. They have ads that literally like just play one after another, the local ones. Like for Jerry Gradle Motors, have you ever heard of him? He plays on the football app. He can get you in a car today. They play the same commercial three times in a row. It's getting so out of control. And now the stats and information guy, I'll be out of the room not watching the game. He'll run upstairs and be like, did you know? And he's like, he keeps tricking me and he's like, Jerry Gradle Motors could get you in a car today. (laughs) It repeats three or four times. It's so bad. All the ads repeat. And then if it's not the ads, it's Fox playing that football theme over and over and over again. No, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare (laughs) go after the football theme. 
<laughs> they have she all the different there. versions. They have like an electric guitar version. It's like, <laughs> and then they'll have like an all drums version that sounds like it's in the movie, like 300. <laughs> They're going to come out with a Christmas Carol version soon, I think. I, I agree with you. I also hate that. I I'm need- here for all of them. No, I need a frequency cap on the Fox mm-hmm. football theme, and I need a frequency cap on Jerry Griddle Motors. But I know he can get me in a car today. Yeah, that's but that's every like <laughs> online streaming service. Like whenever my roommate and I are watching Hulu, we get the same Mgality ad over and over again. And I'm like, I can only watch these four middle aged women play croquet so many times. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> if Twitter can figure it out, they're the worst ad platform in the world. I just think that Hulu can figure it out. Okay. <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. And now on to our new segment, Beyond Google Ads. Because guess what, guys? Google doesn't care about you. But we do. Greg, what do you have for us this week? All right. This week's tip comes by way of Brett Westerman and Stephanie Cox at Stephanie Cox 04 and at Brett Westerman on Twitter on the Real Marketers podcast. We talked about this maybe about a month ago about, about Spotify and how you can get in. I didn't say Shopify, see? <laughs> How you can get in <laughs> Proud of you. just $200. But the one thing that Brett said and, and Mark can, can support here is that with that $200, you can get an ad created. Like all you need is that little amount to get into Spotify and you can have a professional ad created for you. Brett talks about it a little bit more. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to hear the full rundown, but you can give them uh, recommendations, changes, get it punched up into a spot, then you can use it for whatever you want. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it's fantastic for if you're not sure if you want to do Spotify or not, you just want to test it. You're like, okay, let's do a $200 test on um, Spotify. I almost said Shopify. Yeah, <laughs> I really had to stop myself <laughs> there. Um, but the great thing is that like, it's someone at Spotify who does this all the time. So the voice actor is going to know exactly what they're doing. So it might even be like better quality than if you did it yourself. So just give them a great script and they'll give you a great ad. And it's a wonderful way to test something new without using a lot of your resources. Yeah. I'm sure it's better than the Jerry Gradle Motors voice actor. So what's happening in organic? All right. First up this week on organic, Colin Nielsen on Twitter says, hello, e-commerce business models. My name is GMB. Nice to meet you. And apparently Colin got this email, it looked like, from Google My Business. And it says, get your online store built for free. (laughs) From Google. And so I was trying to figure out how this is happening and who it's going through because it doesn't look like it's actually Google. And it turns out that it is a company called Digital Main Street that has something called DMS Shop here, which is Digital Main Street Shop here, powered by Google. And so apparently, though, this is the kicker. It is funded by the federal Canadian government, the province province of Ontario, and key corporate sponsors to help Ontario businesses and artists get selling online. So I got kind of lost in this thing, but the main takeaway for me is I think if you gave a Googler some truth serum, they'd say, yeah, just do all your marketing on Google Ads. Yeah, just do all your local listings on GMB. Yeah, just sell everything right through GMB. Do everything in one spot, and why would you need to do anything else? That's what I think, and this is a little bit scary if you are telling people to stay 100% on Google. I don't like anything that's free. That just sounds a little creepy. No. <laughs> Nothing's <wanna> free. <laughs> I want to pray for my e-commerce. Something, <laughs> something's free. You are the product. All right. And Google will be offering audiobooks with auto-generated narrators. Do you guys listen to audiobooks? I haven't in a while. I do. And I mm-hmm. like... Do you, Mark? I do like audiobooks. I listen to them on occasion. They're fun. But I feel like a narrator can really make or break a book. Yes. You know, I like, used to always listen to like comedians audio, like memoirs. So they would always be the narrator. Right. But there, there's, that's like a positive to me. And if yeah. you get somebody who can really read a book and, you know, get you hooked in, it goes so much farther. I don't want some Mr. Rogers robot, you know, <laughs> reading an audio book to me. That sounds terrible. Mr. Rogers is a great guy. Oh, great, but imagine. But what, not like, the robot version. No. <laughs> the robot version's twisted. 
I've I've turned things off because if it's an automated voice, and you just can't listen to it because when you have a good audiobook, it's all about like the inflection of their voice, and sometimes they'll have different voices for different characters, and mm-hmm. there's a lot in the inflection how it's read, and you lose that with automation because especially we all know based on that um we already talked about that maximized conversions mess so i don't trust any automation (laughs) coming out of google now speaking of automations have you all seen that new cartoonize yourself thing going around i have i avoid all of those things i don't even have a bitmoji oh really okay perfect (gasps) okay and so another reason per the ai I started doing this this kind of like deep AI. It's a cartoonize yourself, and we'll put everything in the show notes if you guys click through here. Don't tell me that's me. That's you first, Shep, and that's... you're a cartoon. And you're like a cartoon character, and you I... look human, right? Like, she looks know, like a Bratz doll. I look like... No, you look like an animated... Car- like, you look fine. Just wait till we get going. So then go to the next one, and this is Jess. And Jess sort of looks like a like a Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh, I do see Topanga, but right? again, I also just see Bratstall. I don't Nobody's know what is eyes are that big. Me. Like the right. proportions. But are. again, this AI isn't perfect, and I don't trust these narrators. So let's look at Mark here, and you look a little confused. <laughs> oh my god! What's wrong with your eyes? Look, if you think Mark is bad, wait. Do not- you get those ads that are like homescapes? <laughs> I don't know. Ads. It looks like the guy from the homescapes ad, like the the worst mobile app ads. That um, is terrifying. But the the thing that really terrifies me is that it's like kind of cartoon, but also still like photograph. E. Yes. It's it's disturbing, but that. But yours is 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 a walk in the park compared to the next one. Okay, right now, here which I is go. Me. What on earth is this? I look like a weird dinosaur Elvis. So like, no, I don't trust AI in any way, shape, or form. It's so creepy. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, is this bad for just everybody? And so the next one, I just ran Sundar Pichai through. It took his glasses out. (laughs) Wait, but there's still like the lines for where his glasses are. Why did they do that to him? I don't know. And then I'm like, that has to be the worst one. And then I'm like, you know what? We really have like another BFF in the show here. And this is going to be the most egregious. And when you look at Glenn Gabes on the next page. That is terrible. <laughs> he looks like an '80s like movie star. Why would he? they do that to Glenn Gabe? They gave him they gave him a mullet, Mark. <laughs> they t- took your look. I mean, that's the only thing that's right. <laughs> this is bizarre. So anyway, no, I'm out on the AI. This is Don't like Christopher Walken's like sad, sad brother <laughs> that no one knows about. <laughs> so you can head over to Mark and Clack if you want to see all the cartoonized versions of ourselves. And next in the news from Glenn Gabe himself, if you're using Google Podcasts, you can now use an RSS feed to import your podcast to Google Podcasts. You don't have to sign up for it. So another easy way to get in there where before you had to go through all of the steps. And from Brody Clark on Twitter, at Brody SEO, he says, whoa, the new page experience indicator is now showing for some pages. And he has an example of Backlinko where there's a little sort of like inverted diamond kind of looking thing, like a little circular icon that is for a good page experience indicator. So it looks like it's testing now and, you know, it's supposed to be rolling out here in 2021. And keeping it here with Glenn Gabe, he has some news that the people card feature that was from Google and rolled out in India first is now rolling out in South Africa. So now if you're in India or South Africa, you can get a people card for influencers. And I have one in India and I have to go check when I'm home with my VPN if I have one in in South Africa as well. (laughs) Hashtag networking. (laughs) And next up from at type underscore SEO on Twitter, Brian Frieselben, he has found multiple Q&As that are being answered in the question and answers section in the search engine results pages. So instead of just one Q&A, you can see the answers from Acura, the question, and then underneath it, the answer, Stack Overflow, same, and then Google is answering their own questions, which eh, it's a little suspect to me, but we'll have to see how that rolls out. Again, that could be really good or really bad for many webmasters probably overall decent though for searchers so gotta give it to them 
All right, and next up, Apple's data collection nutrition labels for apps will begin appearing this week. Starting on Tuesday, December 8th, Apple delayed its permission to track opt-in rules until next year, but its privacy nutrition labels for app developers are now in effect. And so that means what you are being tracked on, everything needs to be shown, and sort of like a, a fun nutrition label. And apples, apps, cookies, what are we doing here? It's like actual nutrition labels at this point. Um, okay, and from Wednesday, Google Search Central on Twitter said, we're happy to announce more API updates coming your way. So fresh data and news filter in the Search Console API, domain property support in the Sitemaps API, and guidelines on how to migrate the discovery doc. So more good stuff. And you can see the friendly little robot and net profits, the little spider hanging down next to him. Oh, okay. That's actually a good cartoon. <laughs> yes, that is. And we just got a lot of Google news this week. And structured data is an extremely light signal as reported by Roger Monti, Martini Buster over on Search Engine Journal. So John Mueller had said, the thing is a lot of extra structured data is super obvious. This is a web page. Well, that's shocking seeing we're crawling web pages. And there's a whole bunch more information on there, but it's very light, but it can actually mess your SERPs up. And so we had an issue today where there was structured data being pulled in from an iframe. It wasn't even on the page itself that we have to troubleshoot. Yeah, it was a data visualization software and it was showing how it works. And it was like, pulling in information from the example of how the software works onto the SERP. And it's like, this has nothing to do with this. what this page is about. Okay, and then a couple more quick hitters here. There's a new article on the benefits of AMP over on Google. They restate that AMP is not a ranking factor for the Google search results, a whole bunch more stuff that Google doesn't own it. Check it out if you're interested in AMP. And if you wanna see how Google organizes information to find what you're looking for, there's another big post over on Google as to how they do it. All right, that's it for Organic Mark. What's happening in social? This first social story really belongs in our new segment, Stonks with Shop. Oh, my favorite segment. <laughs> it's my favorite segment too. And we did it. We did it. We, we found the worst, worst part of TikTok. So thank you, Bloomberg Wealth, for doing this reporting. But apparently people are flocking to TikTok amidst the pandemic for lessons on how to get rich and manage their finances. But to literally no one's surprise, no, no one should be surprised by this, that this financial advice is rife with dubious, dubious advice that could be ruinous. And like, who is falling for this? Like, who thinks that TikTok is a reasonable place to get personal finance? That's advice? where I go, TikTok and Barstool. That's where I get my stock <laughs> from. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't trust TikTok for like anything, but like people are getting a home decor advice there and stuff. Yes, because like, it's very different. But that's like very subjective. <laughs> or and actually... it's like, like you can mess up home decor advice from TikTok, sure. But like, uh, let me just give you some examples. <laughs> so there are people with no background in finance and finance giving <laughs> stock trading advice that are getting 30,000 views. Like this guy like thought like he made all this money on his stocks, but like the company just changed the way their shares were valued. So he knew nothing about finance. Like, oh, you should invest in this because like my shares are not worth this much. Um, and then like people are getting like views and then like directing their viewers to pay for their $300 personal finance courses. It's like a lot of those like hashtag crushing it LinkedIn finance bro like I cannot stand it um, but in the main instance that this article highlights is that there was a, a parody profile um, King Zippy who made a video that had 430,000 views and it was supposed to be a parody about how you can live off of credit by having 20 plus different credit cards with different due dates and <laughs> oh, use God. them to pay off each other. And like his 
profile like says it's a parody account and all the videos are jokes, but people took it seriously and were sharing it and it was like in finance TikTok because of how the algorithm works. Oh my god. And with the algorithm, you also like you don't see someone's profile when you see their video. So they didn't see the part where he said like this is a parody. And, like, it just ended up in people's TikTok algorithms, which is, like, super dangerous. But, like, again, do not get financial advice from TikTok. That's bad. And, like, the article did highlight some, like, legitimate people who are learning things or sharing information. But I really do not recommend this. Like, please see a professional. Like, (laughs) leave it to the professionals. Don't, Don't play around with your money on TikTok. Or, I mean, King Zippy. (laughs) (laughs) king zippy financial advising services coming in clutch it's andrew hutchinson from social media today at ad hutchinson on twitter Uh, instagram is testing adding timers to stories to boost engagement This was first spotted by Kyle Harris at It's Kyle Harris on Twitter. And this new feature just lists hours left um, before a story is erased right below the bubbles. And the expectation is that people are more likely to click and watch a story if they know when it's expiring. And the other thing here is that um, because of the hours below the stories, people are now realizing that like the Instagram feed, stories do not appear in chronological order. It's based on Instagram's algorithm. So that's just something that this has unveiled that creators should be aware of. They're not huge, but something to pay attention to. Next up, this piece I am most excited about from Matt Navarra at Matt Navarra on Twitter is Facebook is testing a guides for pages feature. And normally when Facebook releases something, I'm not that stoked about it. But this, I actually think it's really cool. So it's a new way to highlight important posts that you want people to read to help people learn about a specific topic or subject, organize information in a place that's easy to find. Um, And you can do this with either new posts that you create within the guides, or you can aggregate your existing posts. And I think this could be really cool for like aggregating content from an event. You could put all the posts from the event in a topic, or you could break down like a long form content piece that you've created into digestible social posts and then group them in a guide. I just think this is a great content marketing play here with this new feature. And the other really cool thing is that you can actually boost guides as an ad. They don't just live organically on your profile. So A plus for me this week, Facebook. I hope you keep it up. Let's check out this next story from Manish Singh at TechCrunch. Facebook is adding carts to WhatsApp to make shopping easier. Plenty of businesses already conduct sales through messages with customers on WhatsApp, but now this new cart feature actually just makes it easier to buy multiple items from a business. It makes it easier for merchants to keep track of their orders, and it finally offers WhatsApp a way to monetize their app, which is something they've been struggling with. Last up in the social news from the Yelp blog, Yelp's redesigned Android app gives users four new things. A fresh new look and feel, more personalized options based on your lifestyle, taking into account things like dietary restrictions, if you have kids, if you own a home, if you have pets, and some other considerations, a homepage that's customized to those preferences that you set, and then weekly picks curated to your preferences that suggest local businesses you might not otherwise have considered. And now on to our segment segments, the miscellaneous section of the pod. Mark, what do you have for us? First up this week during PPC chat, we had a special guest host. It's usually hosted by Julie Bacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. But this week we had Unbounce as a guest. And we really talked about a lot of questions around conversion rate optimization and different people from our PPC chat community chimed in on kind of things they consider when running tests, how they EB test, um, their responsibility and what they think of when they're building landing pages and kind of what they want to see from Unbounce and other landing page tools. So if you missed that, you can head over to the Twitter thread 
Um, Unbounce also put together a great summary thread on their Twitter account with key takeaways. You can listen to PPC Chat Roundup uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast by Anu of Mindswan, or you can go to officialppcchat.com or the Karuya blog to see the full write-up of the PPC chat. So if you have any questions about conversion rate optimization or landing page testing, I would definitely consider taking a look at that. All right, next up here is the rumor mill. And this comes from Amit Kahabra at Edwards Girl on Twitter. And she says, a friend of mine just told me that there's a massive agency in Montreal that apparently was approached by Google and now clients don't pay them. Google does. Now, the agency apparently has no control over the accounts, but Google pays them. This Hashtag is like a PPC blind item. PPC chat. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, the thing is that you, you don't think this couldn't happen, right? I this hope is not. Plausible. Maybe she just wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> Some people I mean, good for her. That's She's terrifying. Out okay, and here we're going to go with one of those memes, the uh, Philosoraptor meme. And this comes from Andrew Loke on Twitter, and we'll actually meme it out here. But he says, so how many are considering using two MCCs next year? One that's linked to your Google Partner Profile with all your smart bidding clients, and the other where smart bidding isn't working out and where your optimization score is low. Hashtag tier. It's so sad. So what's Velociraptor? I'm supposed to know? And it's just like a, a mind, like it's an idea somebody's thinking of. And, you know, it's like a deep thought. The oh, meme? I know what you're talking about. That is an old meme. That's you're so good roast in meme culture. I, I love meme culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I have left. It's 2020 shop. But that it, it's sad that people are thinking about that. It's, it, it is sad. It's despicable that this is what Google Ads thinks of its advertisers. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I have another Google Docs hack. Um, you used to have to like right click to add comments or suggestions in Google Docs, but I noticed last week, maybe I'm late to the party here, but you can highlight something and the comment and suggest bu buttons come right up on the right so you don't have to scroll through everything. And I'm loving it so far. Thanks, Google Docs. <laughs> what about you, Mark? So this will apply to anyone who is using the most premier version of Wistia, the custom pricing that actually allows you to connect your Wistia account to your CRM or your marketing automation platform. And this allows you to put forms that you have built in your marketing automation platform directly into your Wistia videos on your site. So you can use this for one of two things. You can either gate your video and have the form at the beginning and use that as a way to generate leads. If it's like a webinar or some long form video content, a demo, or if it's a more like short, like helpful video, you can put a form at the end to kind of prompt your users to take a next step. So if you have a short demo video, you might want to prompt your user with a demo request at the end of the video. Um, using this integration is just a great way to help push your prospects to the next step when they're interacting with video content on your site. So if you are paying for that, feature, make sure you're using it because it's really just an easy opportunity. You don't even have to make any new forms to use this. Greg, what's going on with you? Well, so mine is really simple. I didn't know you could have auto emojis show up when you hover over any Slack message. You can go into your settings and you can choose three different emojis anytime you hover over message. And so I have thumbs up, I have X like crossed off, and I have check mark. So when you hover over any message, I can quickly add an instant reaction to that without having to go in. Ooh, I would have the cartwheel. Of course oh, you, you would. The notepad can is my new one? for noted. I like the little notepad. That means noted now. Take note. Okay. Um, I didn't have a third one in mind. Let me think. Oh, oh I've got it. Okay, <laughs> it's so a custom one, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, people aren't going to know that. It's the one, the mouth that's like zigzag, like, ooh. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's called Where Am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this right after we get off. Because, you know, I am, I 
make a lot of custom Slack emojis, and I would like to have them quick yeah. at my fingertips. And you, you're, you're just all, all the party, the party, <laughs> my party capris. Yeah. <laughs> and now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners, and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is Bugherd. Bugherd is a visual feedback tool with for websites. With Bugherd, you can give and receive feedback with a simple point and click, enable non-technical folks to give feedback on the site, organize and manage tasks directly via the sidebar, save time and reduce back and forth emails between teams, and share and collaborate on tasks with clients and remote team members. Plans start at $39 per month, but there's a two-week free trial available if you want to check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Mark Williams Cook at the Taffer Boy on Twitter. And he has compiled 400 completely free and straight-to-the-point SEO tips and bonus videos on his site, withcander.co.uk. So very bite-sized little tips there. And it used to be 300. He crossed it off and went 400 on you all. So if you're looking for any SEO tips, just something to maybe jog your SEO and what your planning is for the year, check it out. It is a fantastic compilation. Thank you, Mark. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Bye, shop. Yeah, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And one Mark Saltarelli was complaining before today's um, recording that he has only presented ideas for the game poke holes in this. He's never been able to poke holes himself. So we will be playing Mark's favorite game today, poke holes in this. Greg will be presenting some ideas and we're going to tell Greg why they're so terrible. Right? Okay. No, these are all good ideas. <laughs> I am I am so ready. I am so excited. I, I, I hope these are exceptionally terrible. Okay. Okay. You got a pan in your kitchen. What's the first thing you're thinking? Yep. Is it clean? It doesn't stick. It's clean because it's <laughs> non-stick surface in your pants. Now, what about non-stick surface in your bathroom vanity sink? Non-stick, toothpaste, boom, right down the pipe. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so a few things. Non-stick wears off, so you're going to need to get a new sink more often. I'll deal Second, with it. Second, you can't put metal on nonstick because it's ceramic and it scratches off. So, like, you can't put, like, your razor down on your vanity. No, it's just the ball. Just the ball. Just the ball. Okay. For me, I drop my razor accidentally into the sink all the time. It's it's a no it's a no go for me. Um, I was just gonna say that sometimes it's reassuring to see the toothpaste and know that the people you're cohabitating with are brushing their teeth for sure. Mm-hmm. It's I just also, nice reassurance. I also like some things you need to clean out. Like again, back to shaving, I don't want all of my hair like clogging up the sink. Okay, I've been saving this one till after all the elections, so that <laughs> nobody gets upset. But. Many people, political stickers on a car made to sway other people's decision at the polls for this next coming election. But you as a politician don't get to know what kind of driver is putting your name on their car. So I have a system that is for politicians where it's a background driving check to see who gets to put the politician name on a car. I got cut off by somebody very rude. I'm like, I'm not going to vote for that person. That's hilarious. I, yeah, 
I mean, my first thing I was going to say before you finish is that I hate bumper stickers. Like, you should not have more than like one or two, in my opinion. If you have any, I have none on my car. Um, but I, I, I do. I do think that's a great idea. I think it should extend to people's lawns too. Like, I don't think a politician would want their sign in my lawn with the terrible dead flowers. <laughs> like, they should be able to say, like, I don't want to be in this girl's lawn. So I'm just improving upon your idea. I like that one. Okay, great. And then this one is maybe my best idea ever. We're saving the planet here, people. One thing that I really dislike is waste, right? And what do you think when you think about flossing your teeth? Yes, those plastic flossers that are killing the environment, right? Who invented those? Plastic flossers. And what do you do? You take it and you throw it in the garbage. You can't recycle them. It's a disaster. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Look it up. Um, But so my thought is, have you ever gotten any of those cards before that have like wildflower seeds? So if you just put it in your garden, it grows wildflowers? Yes. So we make flossers that are recycled material but have seeds in it so when people throw them on the ground i see them all over the ground throw them on the ground a flower will grow out of the old flossers. Uh, out of your i i worry because like if it's it's gonna need to be like water soluble right so like what if you have a lot of saliva that's going to dissolve in your mouth you're gonna have like seeds in your mouth while you're trying to floss with this thing i don't want my community garden to have gingivitis like that's gross (laughs) You're taking the grossest like stuff from the inside of your teeth mm-hmm. and putting it on the ground. Chef, it's natural fertilizer. No, you're encouraging people to litter. That's disgusting. And, and spread disease. Yeah, I also, gum disease, gingivitis. I also hate those things. Just like learn how to floss with like floss. <laughs> I learned the hard way that you can't. That stuff doesn't go down the shower drain either because I was flossing in the shower. <laughs> With you throwing floss down the drain? <laughs> what is happening? Because I brush my teeth in the shower sometimes. It like makes you brush your teeth for longer because like you're oh, just enjoying goodness. your time in the shower. But then like what if you so but like when you then get like soap on your hands, then like you're flossing and No, like, you do it separately. It's a separate thing. It's just like encouraging you to floss because you're already in the shower for like 40 minutes. I've never heard of this before. You say this is like a common life hack. No, somebody taught me in college, brush your teeth in the shower. You'll brush for longer and you have nicer teeth. Okay, new one on the fly. (laughs) While you're washing yourself in the shower, you've got one of the things that comes off the the sprayer that comes Mm -hmm. off and you have the different settings. Like a water pick. A water pick for the shower. That's life changing. That's amazing. Poke right. holes in that. Don't tell people that. You're going to be rich. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. And we will see you next week. <laughs>